Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. All joy reminds it is never a possession always a desire for something longer ago or further away or still about to be. C.S. Lewis, Surprised by Joy. Hello, I'm Katie Marquette. Welcome to Born of Wonder. On this podcast, we talk about anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. Today on the podcast, it's going to be a little meandering, I'm warning you, but this has been sort of just a medley of thoughts that has been in my head the past week, and I just felt the urge to share them uh, and just also to bring you a little bit into my creative process here. You know, I took those couple weeks off and I did do a lot of research during that time. I planned out the whole season. I pre-recorded the first two episodes of the season and was sort of getting on track, but one of the issues that I run into is that this whole podcast is sort of spurned by my random interests or the random wonderful things that people introduce me to. And I get sort of very passionate about them in the moment. And it's hard for me not to do an episode on what is inspiring me at the time. It's very hard for me to pre-record about something that, although I might be interested in it, is not sort of my passion of the moment. So for better or worse, here I am again, Monday night, the episode will come out tomorrow. And uh, that's just the way it is. I'm sort of embracing it. Maybe I'll keep trying to pre-record every now and then, but this is actually, I think this is my process. I think this is how it works. I think this is how the show stays fresh and authentic to, you know, my real interests and not sort of uh, pre-packaged. So hopefully you feel that way too. Um, But uh, that does mean that sometimes it will be a little less, uh, I guess, prepared than I would like in my sort of ideal universe. But um, maybe you can also tell I have a little bit of a cold again, uh, or allergies or something. Uh, Do you remember like, I guess this was the one upside of COVID and everything was that we were all isolated and I was so healthy. I was, I was, you know, going on these long isolated walks in the countryside and just feeling, you know, vigorous and wonderful. And I didn't get a cold for about two years. And now I have a toddler who I take to you know, charming germ-filled activities like baby gymnastics and things like that. So uh, there's a lot more sickness in the house, but it is what it is. I'm certainly happy to be back out in the world and uh, it's the price we pay. So I apologize for my voice. Um, But anyway, if you are new to the podcast, this is Born of Wonder. You can follow me at bornofwonder.com. You can find me on Instagram at bornofwonder, which I hop on very intermittently. So better to just email me on the website. Uh, Again, bornofwonder.com. Just go to the contact me page. If you want to become a Patreon supporter, a supporter of the podcast means so much to me. Really is honestly so, so helpful. Uh, Producing a podcast, I have actually a number of subscriptions to things like Blue Dot Sessions where I get a lot of music 
and licensing, things like that. Uh, I use Adobe Audition, Creative Suite, so that costs money. And of course, the podcast hosting platform itself costs. So any little bit that you give helps so much. Um, You can become a patron for $2 a month. And if you do and you would like to receive a letter from me, a handwritten letter, enough of those spam emails, right? Get something actually delivered with your name on it, directed to you. and uh, I actually have not great penmanship. Uh, some some people have written me back and they have these beautiful handwriting and I'm sort of ashamed of my handwriting, but you, it will be handwritten and it'll be a lovely card. And <laughs> so if you become a, a patron, please feel free to, um, you know, send me your address and uh, and I would love to send, send you a letter. It's only $2 a month. So thank you so much of you to you who do support the, the podcast. It means so much to me. You could also leave a review on iTunes, uh, leave a star writing on Spotify. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about today is inspired by a book I'm reading, which I would very much recommend, called The Shepherd's Life by James Rebanks. Um, and I'm not on Twitter these days, but apparently James Rebanks is uh, is Twitter famous uh, for being a shepherd, uh, which is pretty amazing. Out in the beautiful North Lake country, uh, you know, he can see Scotland just across the way um, in, and he lives in a valley that is takes five minutes <laughs> to drive across, um, and you can just sort of picture him in these fells with these sheep. And this book is really, really beautiful. It's about the struggle to to celebrate uh, where you're from and the traditions that come with it and this sort of personal struggle he had uh, where he always knew he comes from this farming family. His family has been farming, uh, raising sheep on these hills for 600 years. Uh, They can trace uh, the bloodlines of the sheep that they have all the way back to the Vikings. And, uh, And so there's this real sense of continuity and he always knew that he wanted to be a shepherd, that he wanted to stay in the valley. He loved the farm work. Um, but he was also a very smart guy, uh, something that he sort of dumbed down in class because he didn't want to be taken away from the farm. Um, but he was really looked down on by his teachers and everybody else. If you sort of stayed and you were just going to farm, it was seen as sort of this lowly occupation, um, whereas people who went off and made something of themselves were celebrated. And uh, so he has a very meandering life. He ends up going to Oxford uh, and then coming back and being a shepherd. So um, he's, it's just a very interesting story. And it's also based on the fact that when he was doing all this reading, when he was reading Wordsworth, when he was reading these romantic poets who you know, absolutely fell in love with the da- Lake District, he didn't see any stories about the people who actually lived there. It was all poets wandering empty hillsides. There were no shepherds. There were no farmhouses. There was none of the real raw people that he knew in real life that he recognized him people like his grandfather and his father and his neighbors and he wants uh he wants to write about those people um so it's a just it's a beautiful transporting story very thought-provoking i think asks some big questions about what is home what is meaning what is work uh what is worthwhile work Um, He's also very involved in sustainable agriculture and farming and things like that. So lots of sort of rabbit holes that interest me to go down uh, in relation to him in this book. Um, But it just, it it brings up some broader questions, I think, and some broader ideas that I've been thinking about a lot. And these sort of stories have always really appealed to me. Um, I think I've mentioned before, I absolutely loved, I, I still love it. It's, you know, from like the 80s, these Nat Geo documentary. Do you remember that introduction? I'll, I'll find a YouTube video um, of the of the Nat Geo intro uh, and put underneath here after I record this so you can hear it. 
it's a very distinctive uh, 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 transporting sound of those early Nat Geo documentaries. And there was one that I had when I was a kid on VHS that I would watch, just rewind it, repeat, watch it all the time, uh, called The Ballad of the Irish Horse. And it's, you know, it's a fine documentary. It's, you know, not anything earth shattering or anything like that. But I just loved this story. Of course, I was a big horse lover. You know, I was I was a horse kid, horse crazy, all that stuff. Grew up around horses. But um, it was really the story of... Um, one of the families they featured, where the family had been raising Connemara ponies for years and years, centuries, and um, the you know the young boy and his brother were carrying that on. They were riding the ponies. They were going to become trainers. They were going to keep farming. They were going to keep the family ways going. And I think it was that more than even the beautiful landscape and you know the horses that I loved so much. It was this continuity. It was this idea of inheriting something. And I think a lot of us feel a little homeless. <laughs> um, I know I do sometimes. Um, you know, it, it's it's we many of us, and especially if you're an American, uh, your sort of backstory, your uh, maybe only goes back so far. Maybe your your family emigrated relatively recently. Maybe they didn't. But we're sort of all meandering, right? Uh, and that's maybe why I just wilt in this humid weather. Um, <laughs> Sorry for always talking about the weather. If you listen to Jen Fulweiler's podcast, she has she always says that the tangents on her podcast are a perk, not a downside. They're a feature, not a bug. And that's how I view my weather updates. It's a feature. It's a perk of the podcast that you get to hear my constant weather updates. So anyway, but yeah, maybe that's why I want to be in a sweater and everything like that, because my family is from the, you know, northern German and Irish <laughs> landscapes where there's rain and wind and cold and things like that but sort of there's this uh longing that we have for for home and uh and we we many of us feel the need that we have to sort of create a home sometimes out of nothing sometimes out of traditions uh that we have inherited um i know that you know both my husband and i are catholic converts so we have to so when i'm thinking about raising my kids these sort of traditions have to start with me uh, and that's uh, kind of overwhelming, and I wish I had um, heritage. I wish I had something to inherit, um, and I could say, oh, well, my grandmother always did it this way. My great-grandmother did it this way, and of course, I do have traditions like that. I do have, you know, special things that uh, my family did, things that I want to do uh, in our family as well, but many things, I think, uh, especially in the, you know, uh, mid to late 20th century, our obsessed, obsession with newness, everything is new, everything has to be fresh, 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 we sort of lost this idea of tradition and continuity that, that the things that, um, that don't change from generation to generation are the things that really matter. And they're actually what we're craving. They're, that, they're what we're searching for so hard. We're searching for stability. We're searching for continuity. And I just think that many modern people don't have that so when I hear this story of this shepherd who's had this family farming the same land for 600 years and he sits out on that hillside and he looks out and he can picture generations of his family before and after him in the same place doing the same thing there is something like deeply um, moving about that there's something deeply appealing about that and I think it's uh, also deeply theological I think it's, you know, the quote I had at the beginning was from C.S. Lewis, this longing for home uh, is, of course, a longing for eternal home, right? Um, we are all 
homeless on earth really but um so we're always in a way searching but i think when we find those things you know when james rebank sits there and feels that sense of purpose and a connection he's uh he's experiencing c.s lewis's definition of joy and c.s lewis defined joy very interestingly which is that it wasn't happiness and actually joy has a bit of a pang to it has a bit of a stab it can be painful and I think that that is really, really interesting and really, really true um, because joy is 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 a longing. It's uh, you you feel the thing, but it's reminding you of something deeper, truer, farther away, as he said before or after. It's just something beyond you, and uh, so so it's never quite complete. Joy is never quite complete. And he would talk about um, the you know amazing Norse stories from his childhood, the the sagas that he would bond with Tolkien over, um, that they both found so transporting and enchanting, and how there was something in them. Uh, that like stirred his soul just like he felt this this feeling of I've known these stories I feel them and of course he would call them the good dreams of Christianity all the myths and legends Greek myths and legends that there's a beauty and a truth to them good dreams um, uh, the foretelling um, the future coming of Christ but in in sort of a personal way there was something very personal to him about those stories that meant something and I've been thinking a lot about again because it's summer and this is when I start daydreaming I it really is it's like an annual thing it's July so I start like sort of searching out you know books and tv shows and things like that that are very um escapist uh you know that will will get me out of here uh preferably to the UK somewhere <laughs> um but you know that I'm longing for something that I'm searching for something and I think of the things I loved when I was a child the stories that um spoke to me the music that I've loved you know the the folk music I love the Irish Celtic music I love the classical music um different things they sort of they do stir a longing uh it's a familiarity it's a sort of rediscovery and i think it can be really interesting to uh think about those things for yourself what are those things that um i think we all you know what i'm talking about even though it has to be sort of in vague language but you know those stories uh that you hear and they just sort of um create a deep sense of wonder and mystery and awe and contentment in you um, and C.S. Lewis would also talk about how there would be a thread through all these things, how, how you could find sort of these markers that would connect your many interests and dreams and hopes. And uh, it's interesting to on, on personal levels to find what each of those are. And then he would talk about friendship, which is that when you find somebody else who shares those longings, who shares that same sort of excitement over these things it's uh you know that famous quote you know what you two that's the moment of friendship I, I thought I was the only one and I've certainly had that experience with this podcast you know the many people who've written to me and shared their interests that that coincide with mine you know I always talk about the funny thing that people love uh, selkie stories like I do my husband thought it was so funny when I got so into these Irish Scottish selkie stories about these you know people who were seals and these wild stories about them coming onto land and shedding their seal coats and these sort of crazy adventures that would happen and the deep myths about uh, you know the, the if you st stole a selkie's coat and you know there was sort of this mysterious air about them they could be kind of dangerous sometimes they were like sirens they could lure sailors to their death anyway these stories are just transporting to me I'm just fascinated with them and uh, it turns out other people are too so um, I think that that's really beautiful and as we're all sort of longing for home uh, we find these 
fellow wanderers uh, as we as we wander the world, finding um, hopefully and creating our little spots of home. Uh, and again, they're all even even for James Rebanks, even for the people who are lucky enough to sort of have that sense of tradition and continuity in their lives. It's still just an echo. It's never quite the full thing, but um, but it's close, you know. And we can have and create those very very close, very very beautiful. Um, Home, homes for ourselves um, and the whole idea of home of something stable and secure is again a very sort of anti-modern idea uh, and I've just I think that's why I love hobbits you know that they love their home they love their hobbit holes and they create these cozy wonderful places that celebrate um, you know family and warmth and uh, togetherness and uh, maybe you don't want to leave that home and that's that's a question James Rebanks asks is uh, why do we need to leave sometimes we don't I mean you know sometimes you you, you you're meant to stay and uh, that can be the adventure I don't think that um, all hobbits have to leave their hobbit holes <laughs> uh, and in a world where everybody is always jetting off somewhere uh, I think you know I saw some statistic you know about what is most important to people and you know traveling is way up there and I love traveling I'm not saying that that is not something you should pursue but one of the things I love about traveling actually is coming home <laughs> because you sort of see this big world outside outside of yourself you come back sort of filled with ideas and inspiration and all these things and uh, it exposes you um, to different ways of life but then you get to come home uh, I think that 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 can be a really beautiful moment uh, and of course if you think of Sam and Frodo their whole motivation is to get home that's what they're thinking of when they're on the uh, you know on Mount Doom and thinking that this is it that they're going to die the or last thoughts are of home so this is this is a deep deep longing um, I think also it just was making me think again with James Rebanks talking all about uh, you know everybody wanting all these career choices. <laughs> he took a he took a quiz you know where they say what what should you be and they told him he should be a zookeeper. Um, <laughs> just farmer just wasn't an option. You know that's not exciting enough. Um, so you know there's so many choices and we're so in, enchanted with the idea of choice and we're so um, scared of choices being taken away or not having choices. Uh, but actually, uh, this is something that I really believe in is that we all have incredible decision fatigue because all of us have to decide and make choices at every given moment that were, were a given for our ancestors. So if you, if you're a parent, you know, there are 8,000 parenting techniques and styles, and many of them will threaten you and say, if you don't follow that, you will mess up your kid for life. And many of us, you know, maybe we want to do things differently from our family. We want to do things to, you know, we we're sort of striking out on our own. Uh, and so we are crippled. We're, what do we do? You know, um, there are too many options. Whereas before, many, many years ago, you would first of all be living amongst your aunts and your parents and your cousins and your sisters and your friends, and you would all have a shared set of values uh, in the same place, and you'd be rooted to a spot, and you would all raise your children very similarly. You would raise your children the way you were raised because that's how it was always done. And frankly, you didn't know of, <laughs> of too many other options. Um, 
my husband has said this quote many times and now I can't remember who said it, but it's a great quote, which is that, you know, Shakespeare knew a lot less about the world, but he was much more sure of what he knew. Um, a man of Shakespeare's time, you think about how news travels now, how much information we have at the click of a button at, on our on our computer phones that we carry around. It's so much, it's so overwhelming. Think about the clarity of you know, my parents did this, I will do this, my children will do this, my ancestors lived here, I live here, my children will live here. There is something really, really comforting about that. And uh, when I start feeling that restlessness uh, this time of year, when I'm searching out, you know, watching House Hunters International and searching out, you know, British documentaries and things that will transport me to other places, uh, I'm realizing that it's not so much about wanting to go somewhere else as to wanting to find stability and wanting to find home. So that's what's on my mind and I felt the need to share it with you. So I hope it resonated. Um, and just that I think that this is, it can, that this idea that joy is longing and that these feelings are complicated, that joy is complicated, can help us as we all sort of muddle through and we create homes that hopefully inspire us and hopefully bring us closer to that to that feeling of, of steadiness and continuity and tradition. Um, but but just knowing that that it's never quite going to be enough. It's never going to be perfect. Um, but also to know that if you feel restless, it's natural. Uh, I always say that, you know, it's been very helpful to me just on many levels when I think about how unnaturally we live as a society, just in sort of every possible way from technology to our family dynamics and relationships to sort of our support systems, just everything. It's incredibly unnatural. It's incredibly unprecedented. Um, so when you realize you live in a zoo you can, <laughs> and that these are unnatural conditions, it's uh, comforting to know why some things are very hard. It's not your fault. It's because it's because you've been put in sort of this very difficult situation that your um, sort of biological spiritual self is not prepared for. So um, I just wanted to share that with you. Again, I hope it resonates. And I will end this episode with two sort of re very different recommendations. But um, one is uh, is Vivaldi is is Autumn Three, the third movement in the autumn autumn section of Vivaldi's Four Seasons, um, because we have this wonderful little book uh, called the Storyboard Orchestra uh, for Jojo, and you can it tells a little story, and each page uh, go, it goes through all the seasons, and it plays a little section from Vivaldi. And she loves it. Uh, it it's uh, it's a really really cute book, and um, so she really likes this one. There she likes. I think it's Winter One as well. Um, but she's at this stage where everything is very, very repetitive. If she likes something, if she sees a page in a book she likes, if she hears something, she wants to hear it over and over and over again. So these notes have been in my head for quite a while. And I also have learned some from the book, which is that this section is supposed to be, uh, a, it's supposed to sound like a fox hunt, which of course I love. And of course it's autumn, so I love that. Um, but yeah, it's beautiful. And I would recommend the book as well. I'll put a link in the show notes if you have little ones. I would say one and up probably appropriate um the the it can be a little hard to push um the the sound so it's something you would probably be looking at with them so they don't get too frustrated but um i'm a firm believer in you know 
what you introduce to your kids. It's like your choice because you're the one who's going to have to hear it over and over and over again. It's uh, almost less of a sort of um, parenting philosophy and more like a sanity philosophy when I don't have these tons of light up toys or things like that or TV or anything like that because I don't want to listen to it. You know, I'm I'm with her all all day, all the time, and so whatever I introduce her to is what I'm going to be listening to. So I want to listen to Vivaldi. That's great, even if it's you know gets anything on the fiftieth time gets a little old, but I'm okay with Vivaldi. So um, I would recommend that. I'm gonna play the beginning of Autumn Three. Uh, my other recommendation is Steve Martin plays the banjo, the comedian Steve Martin, maybe you know that, but I just on a sort of mix on like a Spotify mix, one of his, uh, his songs came up and it led me to look up some of his music and I just love it. So I'm going to play uh, Clawhammer Medley. So if you look up Steve Martin's banjo playing, I think it's just fantastic and really fun. And you know, I love bluegrass, so it's, it's just great. So um, so those are two very, di- you know, you can sort of pick your genre based on whatever, whatever longing you're having right now. I hope maybe that, that will stir that joyful longing. One of these pieces will for you. Um, so I will end with that. Thank you for indulging me on this sort of ramble. And I hope that, that I was, you know, right in my intuition that this was, was good to talk about and that it would resonate with people. Uh, please feel free to message me anytime and uh, get in touch and I hope you are having a wonderful summer and I will be back soon be back next week I am Katie Marquette and this is Born of Wonder about uh, being, it's about the things that matter to me, it's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. <laughs>